Aren't you glad that Jesus gives us life? I mean, the Bible simply tells us, John 10, 10, the devil wants to come and he wants to do things, kill, still and destroy you. But man, don't you know that sitting on the throne tonight is Jesus and he wants to give you life and life more abundantly. Amen? Praise God. Well, I want to share a good word with you tonight, so get your Bibles out. Go to Jeremiah 34. I'm still in Jeremiah. I can't quit. Man, I'm so impressed with Jeremiah, and I've learned so much. The Lord, the Holy Ghost has just showed me so many things out of the book of Jeremiah here lately. And I want to share this one with you. Because it's an amazing thing. You know, you got to understand something, and, and I don't want to go over last week's message, but I was talking about Jeremiah and, uh, and, and about how everything he had to go through. So you just have to listen to it. But, but you got to understand, Jerusalem was being attacked. And, and this is not something like, this is not something like the Babylonians just came up over the hill, you know, and it just all starts right there. We're talking, they would laid siege to the city. There had been months and months of them building siege mounts, cutting the city off, nothing going in, nothing going out. This is not something quick. This is not like the army just appeared and they were in battle and then it was going to be over. No, no, no. This has been months and months of wearing and wearing and wearing on the people. They're looking over the walls. They're seeing what they're doing. They're saying, oh, my gosh, look how many feet they got today. You know, they're, they're getting closer. You know, they're, they're, it's coming, you know. And, man, that's got to have been tough, right? I mean, it's one thing when something suddenly comes upon you, but it's something else when you see it coming, you know, and just building and building. And so... Oh, Jeremiah, you know, he had been prophesying. He had just been doing what the Lord told him. I mean, that's the bottom line. He was a prophet of God. God would speak to him. He would prophesy, and then he would get in trouble because he was prophesying the truth, but men didn't want to hear the truth, right? And so he's going out there, and he's saying the whole time, look, this is God's judgment on the city. He's already said you had your chances to repent. You wouldn't repent. You wouldn't turn. You wouldn't do right, and this is the judgment of God coming upon here. He's going to take you. He's going to carry you off. They're going to go to Babylon. You're going to be there for 70 years, and in 70 years, you're going to come back, right? Okay, so in chapter 34, Jeremiah gets a word, and he goes to the, the king of, uh, of, of Jerusalem there, and he's speaking to him, and he's telling him this word, so let me read it to you. I'm in Jeremiah 34, 2. It says, Thus says the Lord, God of Israel, go and speak to Zedekiah, king of Judah, and tell him, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will give this city to the hand of the king of the Babylon, and he shall burn it with fire, and you shall not escape from his hand, but you shall surely be taken and delivered unto his hand. Your eyes shall see the eyes of the king of Babylon. He shall speak with you face to face, and you shall go to Babylon. Yet hear the word of the Lord, O Zedekiah, king of Judah. Thus says the Lord concerning you, you shall not die by the sword. You shall die in peace, as in the ceremonies of your father and the former kings who were before you. So they shall burn incense for you and lament for you, saying, Alas, Lord, for I have pronounced the word of the Lord. Now, you got to understand something. When Jeremiah prophesies, prophesies this, it's as if it, it is the living word of God coming through Jeremiah the prophet going out to the people, right? So it's the same as if you're reading your Bible and it's the living word that's coming in and speaking to you. And so he gives him this prophecy and he tells the king, look, this is what the Lord wants for you. Oh God, hear this folks. 
This is what the Lord wants for you. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to, you know, yes, the city is going down. Yes, all your house is going to get burned. Yes, all this is taking place. Yes, you're going to have to live the rest of your years of your life in Babylon. And it's not really what you want to do. But this is, what, this is what's going to happen because you're in this period of time of the judgment of God. And you're not going to get away from it. All right? And he said, you're going to die and they're going to have a big funeral. And it's going to be pretty and everything's going to be good. But the, you need to surrender to the king of Babylon now. This is, this is God doing this. But you see... The king couldn't get his eyes off of that it was Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian king, doing it to him. Now, just follow me in this. This gets really good here in a minute. Okay? He couldn't get his eyes off of of what was taking place and what was going on. He kept saying, he's the problem, he's the problem. And God's saying, no, no, no. That's not the problem. The problem is you, but you need to do what I'm asking you to do. You need to just go ahead and turn the city over to him because this is my Judgment. And you're going to live, but you're going to live in Babylon. You're not going to live here. Everything's going to be okay. Well, he couldn't take it. The king couldn't take it. He just kept thinking, surely not. Well, there was this other Yehu prophet over here, and he kept prophesying all the time. No, no, God's going to come. He's going to deliver us as he did delivered Hezekiah. He's going to deliver us, and he's going to do this, which was man's good thinking. But it wasn't the word of the Lord. It was man's good thinking. It was man's like, hey, wait a minute. God delivered Hezekiah. He's already done that. An angel is going to come down any minute, kill 185,000 of the people, and they're going to hear a whisper and leave. Because that's what they knew from the past. But they weren't listening to the fresh, alive word of God coming from the prophet Jeremiah. So, king can't take it. And he says, man, I I just can't go with Jeremiah. Throw him in prison. That's not what's going to happen. We're going to win, boys. And you can go through and you can read all of this. He goes through the whole thing, tells him to be quiet. Don't let all the army hear you. You know, we're trying to defend the city. We're trying to do this, and everybody's going to get discouraged and be quiet. You know, and then they throw him into prison. And it's a cool story because one guy, an Ethiopian uh, servant that was there in the house, feels sorry for Jeremiah. He goes and starts giving him bread. He asks the king, come on, man, he's going to die over there. He can't do that. And he's Jeremiah, so he keeps giving him bread and keeps him alive, right? Okay. So the king says, no way, we're fighting. So go to Jeremiah 39, verse 5, and see what happened. So, the, so Zedekiah, the king and his army, they flee the city. But it says, but the Chaldean army pursued them, overtook them. In the plains of Jericho, when they had captured them, they brought them. They brought him up to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. So remember, he prophesied that he would see him face to face, see him eye to eye. Okay, so he did. And uh, where they pronounced judgment on him, and the king of Babylon, listen, killed the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes, and the king of Babylon also killed all the nobles of Judah. Moreover, he put out Zedekiah's eyes, bound him with bronze fetters, to carry him off to Babylon. 
And the Chaldeans burned the king's house, the houses of the people, with all the fire that broke down the walls of Jericho. And then Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, carried away captive to Babylon the remnant of the people who remained in the city and those who defected to him with the rest of the people who remained. All because he wouldn't be obedient to the living word of God. So what I want you to see, God's not a big meanie in here. God's not the big mean, big mean God. He told him, look, this is the way I got an out for you. But he said, I don't want that. I want it my way. And he ends up losing everything and still ended up in Babylon. Now, if you go ahead and you read the rest of 39 and into 40, you know, the king comes in, Nebuchadnezzar comes into the city, looks over the city, he said, where's this dude, Jeremiah? He said, well, he's over here. And he said, well, listen, this is what I want you to do. He turns to one of his captains and says, you take care of him, and whatever he says, you do it. <laughs> I mean, Jeremiah's sitting there with the captain of the army, and he's, whatever he says, that captain's got to do it because the king ordered it. Why? Because he was obedient to the word of God. So he says to him, and you can go read all this. I don't want to get into reading all of it. But he goes to him and he says, look, whatever you want, if you want to stay here, stay here. Any house you want, take it. Any vineyard you want, take it. All the winery you want, take it. Whatever you want, whatever you want, Jeremiah, you can stay here. Or you can come to Babylon with us and we're going to treat you good. We're going to take care of you over there. We're going to treat you royal, whatever you need, whatever you want to do. And so Jeremiah said, well, I think I'll stay here and, and, and minister to the poor people you got around here. And so he got everything. So now think about this. Jeremiah was in prison, and not only in prison, he was in the lowest depths of the prison. They threw him in the sewer, the prison sewer. He was up to his neck, all right, when they drug him out. And he's told the king and told the king, how many times have you been following what you know is God, but you're finding adversity in all phases of it. Hello? I mean, Jeremiah, there's got to have been a thought. When you're, when you're this deep, you know, when you're lip deep, chin deep in sewer, you have got to be thinking somewhere I've done something wrong. Surely, God, you don't want me neck deep in sewer. Right? See, folks, this is where what I've been teaching on Sunday about having a relationship with the Holy Spirit and knowing what the Word of God is and knowing what the truth is and knowing what God is telling you to do and following His plan and principle, even though it doesn't look like maybe what you've, your world's been framed because you framed it. Okay? So now he gets out and Jeremiah gets everything. How about Saul? Listen to this. King Saul. When he did all of his shenanigans and messed everything up in, in 1 Samuel 15, 22, it says, Has the Lord a great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Obedience to the word of God brings victory in your life. No matter what. Listen to me. This is what I'm trying to say to you tonight. If you're being obedient to the word of God, I'm not talking about some word that you heard. I'm talking about being obedient to the Word of God. Hello? This simple little B-I-B-L-E. 
If you're being obedient to this, you can take sheer confidence. Take great faith. Pat yourself on the back and say, God's going to deliver me. No matter what I'm walking through today, if I'm neck deep in sewer, I'm going to walk in victory because my God is going to make sure that his word comes to pass. And if God says in Ephesians 1, 3 that I'm blessed, well, then bless God, I'm blessed. Don't make any difference. It don't look like I'm blessed right now. God said I'm blessed. I'm blessed. And so, Lord, I'm getting in obedience to your word, and I'm going to get in agreement with you. Now, the moment you do that, you take that same position as Jeremiah did, and no matter what it looks like, you're going to find victory. You're going to have bread when everybody else is starving. You're going to have the greatest vineyards when, no, when you didn't even plant them. You're going to have the best houses when you didn't even build them. If you'll just be obedient to God's word. Now, let's look at this a little more. Look at 2 Corinthians 10.3. I mean, we know this scripture, but let's look at it again tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself, exalts itself, Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So what the devil's trying to do is he's trying to get your thoughts all the time off so that you're not obedient to Christ. That's what the battle is. When somebody does something ugly to you and you want to get angry and you know that you shouldn't, you know you need to forgive, but you don't want to forgive, and the flesh there and the devil comes in and starts cheat, 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 and then he wants you to get angry and he wants you to get over into sin, but you want to be obedient to the word. If you get back and be obedient to the word, well, then you can stand there with full confidence and say, God, I don't care what it looks like, it's going to work out. No matter what, you did it for Jeremiah, you're going to do it for me. But this is the fight. This is the battle. This is what the enemy wants to come into your life and do. Now, now listen to me here. Go to Luke 16.10. This is a simple message tonight. It's a short message, but it's a powerful message. Listen, if you get what I'm saying to you tonight, get this principle in you tonight. It'll change your life. Luke 16.10. Now, you know the story where... You know, the servant was found, and he was, he was, he was a bad steward, and, and, and now he's the, 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 his boss was calling him in to question him of his stewardship. And this statement is made in John 16, 10. It says, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. You know, we always want God to give us this great big word. We always want to hear God's, you know, burning bush or, you know, uh, uh, some, some great experience we want with God. But God has said to us, through this passage of scriptures and a lot of others, if you're not going to be obedient to do my word in the little bit of it, then how are you going to be obedient to do my word in the much of it? Right? If we can't be obedient in the little things... Right? If we can't be faithful in the little things. How are we going to be faithful 
in the big things. We can't be faithful in forgiveness, faith, faithful and in, in, in obedient in love. How about this, an obedient tithing? Obedient just being generous. Hello? I was at a store the other day, wasn't one of yours, uh, and the, the, the waitress, the waitress, the cashier, uh, I gave her, the, the purchase was like 13, 13 something. I gave her $14. She gave me change and a 10 back. And I looked at that and I thought to myself, did I give, I, did, I know I didn't. I know I had a 10 and four ones. And I get change and a 10 back. And I was, holding, I was standing there looking at it and I was like, I don't care if I'm right or wrong. I said, ma'am, I think you gave me the wrong change back. And she looked, she said, oh, my gosh, I thought that was a one. It's a 10. I said, yeah, you can have it. Don't put it to me. I don't want the curse of I just stole something from you. Don't, don't do that to me, you know. I ain't messing with it. I don't want it. And so, uh, anyway, and so I'm like that. I don't want, I want to be faithful in what God's given me, amen. And I had to look at that situation and said, if I'm wrong, I'm going to win either way because if I'm wrong, and I gave her a 20, and she should have given me a 10 back, then I'm going to be generous. So at least it get counted, you know, for I was generous. <laughs> right? Not a thief. And if I was just being diligent, well, then I was being faithful. You see what I'm saying? Folks, listen to me. There is no reason to get to the, if you're not going to do the little things of God, there's no reason to get on God's bad side. They say, what do you mean God's bad side? I'm just talking about things don't work. When you get out of the grace of God and the covenant of God and the promises of God, and you start trying to do things on your own, you're going to find yourself in trouble. And it's not God doing it to you. It's the curse in this world. It's the curse in this world that's going to come upon you, and it's going to steal from you. You think you're saving and being smart, but actually you're cursing yourself and causing problems to come upon your life. Hello? So we got to be faithful in the little things. So if you want to start being obedient to the Word of God, you want to start building your obedience in life, make sure you're doing the little things first. If you want a word from God, do the little things first. And when you're doing the little things, then He's going to give you the much things, the bigger things, right? Now let's look at a couple of more scriptures here. 1 John 2.5. 1 John 2.5. 1 John 2, 5 says, but whoever keeps his word, so I could say he's obedient to his word, truly the love of God is in him. I mean, I, I just read that wrong. Truly the love of God is perfected in him. So wait a minute now. Wait a minute. So that means that when you're being obedient to the word, God is working a perfection inside of you that you don't even understand. You, you may not even know what's going on. Hello? By the Spirit, it's just working in you. You're being obedient. And God said, I'm working a miracle in him. I'm working, I'm perfecting love in him. I'm bringing it about, man. I'm bringing victory and I'm bringing, I'm doing these things. Folks, there's things taking place in your life you don't even know about. There's God protecting you, God blessing you, God 
moving in your lives and things that you really don't even know about. You're, they're out there. There's things taking place. And I mean, because God loves you. God wants the best for you. He's got a good word for you. And all we got to do is be obedient to it. Now, the last scripture I want to give you is this one. 1 John 2, 4. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandment. Now, let's see what John says. This is a liar. <laughs> and the truth's not in him. So if you're fooling yourself saying, oh, no, everything's okay. I got everything done. Everything's all right. He says, you better watch it because you might be lying to yourself. Because that, isn't that the truth? The only person that we're hurting is us. So I don't know about y'all, but as I read through Jeremiah, it just, I mean, just erupted in my heart so much that I'm like, dude, this guy's amazing. Jeremiah is so amazing to go through this. I mean, I'm pretty sure somewhere in there I would have gotten angry and in the flesh and thrown something at somebody and told everybody, y'all are a bunch of stupid idiots. You're not listening to me. I'm telling you the truth. And that guy's a stinking liar. And you think you're going to throw me in that pit, you know? Let's see y'all boys do it. But he didn't. He was just obedient. He just did the word of God. He was obedient to the word of God. He delivered the word of God and said, God, I put my faith and my trust in you, and you're, you're going to take care of it. And then his worst has got to have been when he was neck deep in sewer. Hear the, hear the war raging outside. Probably weeping because he knew the stupid king wasn't going to do the word of God. Because Jeremiah was a, was a crier. That's why we have lamentations. <laughs> it's lamenting over seeing the city destroyed, right? And so he's probably crying and weeping, probably calling out to God for the king to open his eyes and for him to see and to hear. Not being angry because he's in the pit. And folks, I'm telling you, if we can get there, if we can get part of the way there, right? Not there, just part of the way there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the little things. If we can just get good in the little things, man, then the great things, man, will breeze through. Amen? So check your hearts. Look inside of you to see, man, are you being obedient to what God's Word says to you? Listen to me. Don't stay in unforgiveness. Don't stay, you know, in, 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 in angry and... And in all these areas, look to see that where the devil is stealing from you in your thought life, work where he's stealing from you so that you're not being obedient to the word in your life. And when you find that place, repent. Simply repent. Say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I've been duped. I was listening to the voice of the enemy. Get me back on place and watch the Holy Ghost just get you lined right back up. Amen? Amen. Well, stand to your feet. Let me pray for you tonight. Father, I just pray over everyone, everyone in here and everyone watching and listening. I just thank you, Lord God, for blessing them right now. And Lord, by the power of the Holy Ghost, you're just working within us all those little things in life that we need to be obedient to. Because Lord, if we can do the little things, then we can do the much things, the, uh, be obedient in those big things, Lord God, you have for us. And so Lord, I ask you tonight to just lead us and guide us by your Holy Spirit. 
Begin to show us every area of our life what we need to do. And Lord, I just declare that we want to be obedient to you. We want to be obedient to your word. We want to walk in your word and love your word and, and it be everything within our life. And so, Lord, I ask you to bless the people tonight. Bless their businesses, bless their finances, bless everything they put their hands to, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you see every uh, act of generosity they do, every act of love that they do, and that, Lord, you bless them exceedingly, abundantly, beyond they could ever even thank or ask. And, Lord, we praise you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you, church.